Cortland Computer Services presents the Baseball Lifer Podcast. Well, hi, everybody. Don Wardlow here on the Baseball Lifer podcast, and it's a bumper show today because we've had all the division series come to an end in time for this episode to happen. And so we've got Troy Larson, and he and I are going to talk about the Twins and their postseason run. Uh, we're going to then have Sam Carcitti. He's going to talk about the Phillies. And then we're going to have Mitch Pomerantz, and he'll talk about the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks series just finished and what he thinks the Diamondbacks might do and what he might think the Dodgers would want to do going forward. So first of all, Troy Larson, I've been on your podcast and welcome to mine. It's a pleasure to be here, Don. Uh, How's it going? Why don't you tell our audience the name of your podcast, which can be gotten i know from wherever good podcasts can be found uh, the name of the podcast is minnesota twins chat and it can be found anywhere uh, most podcasts are found wherever it's apple podcasts spotify iHeartRadio, tune in you name it it's it's uh, gonna be on there uh, or if, if you can go to the uh, website uh which is mntwinschat.podbean.com that is mntwinschat.podbean.com. Now, the Twins did something they have not done in a great many years. They won a postseason playoff series, and it's, it's been a lot of years since that has happened in the Twin Cities. Yes, uh, it goes all the way back to 2004. The uh, playoff streak lasted for 18 straight losses. Uh we we almost beat the Yankees in the fourth game in two on four, but unfortunately uh, things didn't go our way, and we we lost that one. And and from that point, uh, we lost fifteen more games after that series loss to the two, to the Yankees back in two on four, and it became the longest postseason streak in North American sports history. It, it broke up when the Blue Jays came to town. And the twins beat them three to one and two to nothing. And I'm sure, even though they've lost the series to the Astros, which we're going to talk about now, I'm sure Rocco Baldelli, the twins manager, felt a whole lot better beating the Blue Jays in that series after all the years of trouble the twins have had. I would definitely say so. And I could say the same for the players, too. I, I think of all that, you know, the players have changed throughout that streak. Uh, you know, obviously, even though they may not have been on the team before, they knew of the history, they knew what they're up against. And I remember Kyle Farmer saying something to the effect that we are going to win a game this postseason. And they won a two game series against Toronto, and then they won game two against the Houston Astros. Yeah, they lost the first game, they got down five nothing. Then they did mount a rally. They got a three-run home run from Royce Lewis. And... Uh, actually, it was Corey Polanco. They got the three-run home run. 
Polanco and then Royce Lewis hit the other home run. Yep, yep. It was but a solo shot. So it ended up a six four Houston win in Houston, but then Pablo Lopez pitched the game of his life on Sunday and he he beat the Astros in Houston. I should point out that Carlos Correa, he had three RBIs that game, including a two run home run to help the, the twins be his old team. Exactly. He he'd been on some of those Astros teams which had gone to the championship series and the World Series, game three or game four in Minnesota. I really hoped they would pull one out of their hat and keep the series going longer. I, I, I was hoping the same thing too as a, a twins fan. I was hoping that they would you, you know be able to at least win one of those two games at Target Field. Uh even better have, have having won both games. But unfortunately on Tuesday the pitching didn't go our way. Uh we had Sonny Gray on and I, I thought for sure that, that we had a good shot at being Houston. But the problem was when you're down five nothing going to the bottom of the first inning, they just couldn't get a whole lot going against the uh, Houston Astros pitching. Uh they did score a run thanks to a base hit by uh, Willie Castro. But um later in the game but unfortunately it was way too few runs and twins was nine to one game four uh we lost three to two uh we did hit we, we did have two uh solo home runs one by Roy Lewis and then the other one by Edwa Julian via one of the other rookies I should point out that Lewis now has four home runs in Twins postseason history as far as being the Twins franchise. Kirby Puckett has five in his postseason career from his old Twins. You know, in some ways, I feel like we are starting to turn the corner as far as our postseason uh, performance. But I still think we have a, we have a ways to go. Absolutely. And hopefully they've got the young talent going forward to do that in the next couple of years. And hopefully they'll keep Rocco Baldelli in the locker room and in the dugout. I would certainly hope so. I mean, as much as I've criticized Rocco Baldelli on my show, uh, that I co-host uh, with my dad, I mean, I would certainly hope that this could, could help the uh, Twins franchise uh, contend some more in the future Octobers. And, uh, we will see where this leads. You know, they do. They, the Twins do do have a good, solid core players. I just think we need to find some some players to uh, supplement it. And another thing too, Don, I think we, that I think will help is if we cut down on the number of strikeouts. One thousand six hundred fifty four strikeouts. It's the it's the all time record. I don't think it's something a team should be proud of. And you can tell me all you want about how you know home runs can help you win ball games but if you're making outs by strikeouts and not by putting the ball in play it's not going to help your cause well i'm going to tell you that you were on top of that way ahead of time you were telling us on bob branco's sports roundtable show mid-season that the twins were breaking records striking out and if they didn't change their ways they would set a new all-time record, and then they went and did it. You know, I was worried about what is this going to be, you know, mean for a postseason. And 
unfortunately, I think one of the things that hurt us in games three and four in this uh, series of target field is striking out 14 times both games. You know, that's over half your outs. And who knows what you could have, you know, gotten done if you were able to put the ball in play, you know, rather than let's just, you know, wait for the home run. And I wonder too, Don, the way the analytics is presented to players, I just wonder if it's too much information. You know, I don't know what's going on in that clubhouse or met dugout or what they're doing. But my dad and I have had several discussions. The twins, you know, from what he says, they, you know, they, some of the players, they look like, especially Edward Julian, sometimes he either swings weight at a strike tree or he lets a ball that maybe he could hit go by and it's a strike tree. So there, there is, you know, there's room for for improvement. I will say, I, I will say that. On the Baseball Lifer podcast, our first segment guest has been Troy Larson. And Troy, one more time, tell us the name of your podcast so our listeners can sign up for that. The name of the podcast is Minnesota Twins Chat, and you can find it wherever all good podcasts are. Or you can go to mntwinschat.podbean.com. That's mntwinschat.podbean.com. And that's Troy Larson. He's been our guest. He's normally a guest on Bob Branco's podcast, Sports Roundtable, where I'm a panelist. And Troy, thanks a lot. And if you keep it right where you got it, you'll be able to hear me interviewing Sam Carcitti. We're going to talk about the Philadelphia Phillies and their finished series against the Braves and their upcoming series against the Diamondbacks. That's what you'll hear after a word from our sponsor. I am having such a problem at work. This is the second time this month I have had two computers down and I can't get my computer company to come to the office and fix them. I think they are too busy with other bigger companies. You know, I was having the same problem until we met Cortland Computer Services in Middlesex, New Jersey. They respond to most of my calls the same day, either by accessing my computers remotely or by sending a technician to my office. Wow, that would be great. It is such a disruption when the computers are not working properly. I need somebody that can come out, see what's wrong, and fix it. On our first meeting, they surveyed our network for security, identified some problem areas, and set us up with security software designed to prevent malware, ransomware, and all of the other threats that are on the internet these days. They have been helping central New Jersey businesses for 30 years, and they have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. You should contact them either on the web at courtlandcomputerservices.com or by phone at 732-356-8860, 732-356-8860, courtlandcomputerservices.com. Tell them you heard about it on the Baseball Lifer podcast and get a $100 coupon toward your first two hours of computer services. Back on the Baseball Lifer podcast, Don Wardlow here on an unusual episode where we have several short interviews with different guests instead of having one guest. 
Our next one is a guy I met back in 1984 when he was with the Philadelphia Inquirer. Sam Carcitti, he's going to talk about the Phillies and the Braves and the Phillies and the Diamondbacks. First of all, Sam, welcome to the program. Hi, Don. How you doing? It's uh, great to talk to you. And uh, yeah, I covered the Phillies for a lot of years uh, with the Philadelphia Inquirer. And uh, um, I don't quite remember the excitement, though, that this team has generated. Maybe the 93 team, because they went from worst to first. They were in last place in 92 and then went to the World Series in 93 and it had a lot of players uh, who were down and dirty players, the Lenny Dykstra's, <laughs> John Cruck and Darren Dalton, Dave you know Owens, Pete Incovee. I could go on and on. And that was that was an adored team. But I, I think, you know, with social media now, it's it's you really get to know these players even more than you did back in 93. And I think that this team is one of the most beloved, if not the most beloved team in uh, Philadelphia Phillies history. Um, and of course, <laughs> if they do win the World Series, and that's going to be a tough task, uh, they will cement that. But they they're going to have a tough series with Arizona. Arizona, as you know, is six and zero in the or five and zero in the preseason in the uh, postseason. And uh, looking really good right now. So uh, this is not a gimme series at all. And uh, the Phillies will have their hands full. And if they get past them, they'll have a tough task with Texas or Houston. But the Phillies are peaking at the right time. There's no question about that. Uh, really not many weaknesses on this team right now. And it's good to see as, uh, you know, the big series uh, are ahead. Before we get into more detail about the upcoming postseason for the Phillies with Sam Carcitti, the first time I met Sam, I was broadcasting with Jim Lucas at Glassboro State College doing baseball, and you came to interview us and photograph us. And How did the idea of the story to interview a blind baseball announcer, how did that come across your desk and what did you think when somebody said to you blind baseball announcer yeah i i thought what how can that be how do you do that <laughs> and um you know it just seemed like an amazing story and it is an amazing story and i give you so much credit don and if i remember right was that uh for wgl gls that you were doing that for or another it, station it was wgls fm the station where i cut my teeth where john sadak learned his trade and now he's the tv voice of the cincinnati reds and a former guest on this program i didn't know that that's great that's great of course i went to uh glassboro state which i still affectionately call it now rowan university me too and uh, so i went over there and i was amazed at the rapport that you had with mr lucas and and uh you know it was just incredible to watch you guys as a team and uh you know, all the credit in the world goes to you because you've been doing this now for well close to 40 years, if I'm doing the math correct, and and or maybe 40 plus. So, uh, yeah, you deserve a lot of credit, Don. And uh, I, I know uh, everybody around the country who has heard your story um, just marvels at, at what you have done and what you've accomplished. Well, thank you, Sam. I can't thank you enough for the kind words. Now, we're coming off of 
really a terrific series between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Atlanta Braves. Citizens Bank Park gives the Phillies the best home field advantage in baseball. Now, what what makes a home field advantage happen in a game like baseball where I wouldn't think that would be that much of a factor? Yeah, I, I think uh, what makes it a, a big edge is when you get into the heads of the opposing players and you could see it was it was in the head of Strider and uh, last night. And, uh, you know, I, I, years ago, um, you know, for people that have followed the Phillies for a long time, I remember being at the, the famous Black Friday game in Philadelphia at Veterans Stadium and Bert Hooten was on the mound for the L.A. Dodgers. Didn't and, they boo him right off the mound? Yeah, well, they, they were just uh, howling and and boo because he, he was in a wild streak. If I remember correctly, I think he walked three straight batters. And with each ball, the place got louder and louder. And Hooten was totally sh- uh, shaken up and, and he lost it out there. And, uh, you know, that that's a long time ago. That's... Uh, uh, close Late to 70, years 70, ago, 77, 78, 77 season. Right. So you're talking about 46 years and uh, he just lost it. He lost control and the, and the Phillies built a five, three lead in that game against Dodgers. That was a best of five. And it was to go to the uh, world series. And um, the Phillies carried a five, three lead in the ninth. There were two outs and nobody on base. And they built that lead thanks to Hooten's walks and uh, lost losing his control. Yeah. And the Phillies had were one out away, and uh, disaster struck. There was a bunt single, a fly ball was misplayed, uh, a bad call at first base. Uh, Boa had thrown out Lopes, and the umpires called him safe. And uh, if there was replay around like there is now, uh, he would have been out, and the Phillies would have won. But so many things happened. The bottom line is the Phillies lost that game 6-5. Uh, they gave up three runs with two outs and nobody on base in the ninth inning. And uh, then the Dodgers beat Steve Carlton in a driving rainstorm the next night. I was at that game, too, uh, covering for the a little paper in uh, Lindewall, New Jersey, the record breeze. And uh, they lost. The Dodgers went on to the World Series. But uh, – uh, that's the genesis, I think, of where the fans felt like they could make an impact. And this year, they are standing almost the entire game, especially when a batter, when an opposing batter gets two strikes on them, they stand and wave their towels. And I think they get into the heads of the the opposing players. And uh, it's really an event down there right now. And, uh, you know, the Phillies all say this has helped them so much. We saw it last year, and I think this year maybe it's going to another level. Um, but, uh, yeah, the players have to do it. They have to perform and the Phillies to their credit have gotten a lot of clutch performances, you know, from, uh, their pitching staff kind of got overshadowed because all the home runs they hit, but their pitching staff was brilliant in, in this series. You know, I'm, I'm talking about Wheeler and Nola Suarez was terrific last night. The bullpen has been great. Um, yeah, there was a little hiccup in game two against the Braves. But, uh, you know, when you give up eight runs to a team, they give up eight runs in the entire four-game series or two runs per game. And the Braves were averaging like 5.6 during the regular season. That just shows you 
the type of work that the Phillies' entire staff, not just the starters, but the entire staff did. And they shut down the Braves, and uh, on they go to the uh, league championship series. And one play happened which the Phillies recovered from, where so many teams, that would have been a dagger right to the heart. And I'm talking about the double play on Monday night. I just don't think there's a way a blind person can can make a description of that that justifies what happened. The Brave shortstop made a big deal of it, and I'm sure you know, you're know you aware of it, and everybody is now. Uh, after the game, he said, boy, Harper, yeah. uh, to no one in particular, and that served as, as motivation. And, of course, Harper hit two home runs in that game. Castellanos hit two home runs, and, and uh, some of the Phillies were even wearing attaboy Harper T-shirts in their locker room last night, and uh, uh, it served as a motivator. And and not that Bryce Harper needs much motivation, but uh, you know it kind of backfired on the Braves, and and uh, that was in Game Three, and then in Game Four it was a much different game. The the Phillies blew them out in Game Three, and last night was a tense game, just a terrific game that the Phillies won three one, and and. Uh, Again, they, the relievers came in and, and uh, big out on Acuna with the bases loaded. And uh, Johan Rojas makes a terrific catch in center field. And he's reminding people of Gary Lee Maddox uh, from the 70s with the way he runs down balls and, and is just, just a great fielder. His uh, offense is lacking right now, but he's helping in other ways. And he's only 23. He was in double A in July. And now he's on the biggest stage of all. And then last night, Nick Castellanos had two home runs in both game three and game four. According to The Athletic, nobody had had back-to-back two home run games in postseason. Two home runs in game three, two home runs in game four. That sounds hard for me to swallow but that's yeah what that that is correct yeah major league baseball came out with that stat and jason stark my former colleague at the inquiry he came out with that stat too and and yeah it's true and uh um yeah castellanos has been uh very streaky you know the beginning of this year he was he was great made the all-star team second half of the year he tailed off Towards the end of the year, he was hot and cold. He would have two or three good games and two or three games where he was just chasing outside pitches. And right now, he is just locked in. And uh, as you mentioned, back-to-back two home run games. And, and uh, you know, he's improved as a right fielder. So, uh, yeah, right now, this team is clicking. But as I said before, the Arizona Diamondbacks are also clicking. So it's, it's going to be a great series, which uh, starts Monday. We know the names for the Phillies. We know Bryce Harper, Castellanos, Trey Turner. Now, the Diamondbacks, because they play out west, the names aren't necessarily as well known, but they're big ones. Cattell Marte, Corbin Carroll, their rookie who hit 25 home home runs, and Christian Walker. They've got three players that should be remembered when we open up the series next week with the Phillies taking on the Diamondbacks. Yeah, maybe the number one name. You mentioned some of their great hitters, but uh, their pitching staff is led by Zach Gallen, yes. who's a local kid. He he grew up in Summerdale, New Jersey, 
And uh, ironically, I used to, uh, he used to play there and I used to coach in Somerdale. I was, I coached there uh, a few years before uh, Zach played and his brother, Jay Gallon was probably as good as him when he was a kid, when he was, you know, 10, 12, 13, 14 years old. But unfortunately he got in a car accident and uh, uh, it, it kind of uh, hurt his career severely. But Zach Gallon has been tremendous. He started the all-star game for the national league this year. And uh, he's a tough right-hander and uh, the Phillies will probably get him in game one. And, uh, you know, Merrill Kelly is a, a, a terrific number two starter. Um, and Fafit, uh, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right. As you said, we don't see the Dimebacks that much, but he is apparently the number three guy. All three guys, though, are right-handed. I think that plays into the Phillies' uh, advantage a little bit because um, Schwarber really didn't do much of anything in the series, and the Braves used a lot of left-handers against him, and I think he'll get going. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a very good team. You mentioned some of the big guys. And, Christian, uh, I, I mentioned that Zach Allen's a local guy, but their big first baseman, Christian Walker, is also a local guy. He's from Norristown. He hit 33 homers this year to lead the Diamondbacks. So, you know, you got two guys coming home and trying to end the Phillies uh, season. So it's going to be very interesting. And you mentioned uh, Corbin Carroll. He, he's tremendous. Uh, he had 25 homers. I think he had 50-some steals. And uh, he's probably going to win the Rookie of the Year. And, uh, you know, they have some nice players. Goriel hit 24 homers. You mentioned Moriel, who hit uh, 25 homers. Uh, they have a pretty good bullpen. Um, they're going to be tough. But the Phillies will still be favored. But this is not a pushover. We, we saw what they did to the Dodgers, a great team themselves. They swept them in three. Uh, they swept the Milwaukee Brewers. So, uh, you know, I, I think this will be probably about a six-game series. Uh, I think the Phillies will win in six, but it won't be easy. And and Arizona has a lot of young athletic players. They like to run. And, uh, you know, this, this is going to be a competitive series. We've been talking with Sam Carcini from Philadelphia about the recently finished Philadelphia series against the Atlanta Braves. The Phillies will play Monday against the Diamondbacks. Don Wardlow here. And before we bring on our next guest, Mitch Pomerantz, I'm going to go over something I didn't say when I had Mitch on the line and we were talking about the Dodgers series against the Diamondbacks. I didn't go over the scores of the games that happened. The Dodgers lost 11 to 2 in game 1, then 4 to 2 each in games 2 and 3, losing 3 in a row to the Arizona Diamondbacks. And our guest Mitch Pomerantz has been a Dodgers fan since the Dodgers were in Brooklyn. So the next thing you'll hear is my discussion with Mitch Pomerantz about the Dodgers series just ended and the Diamondbacks' hopes against the Phillies. And our last guest coming to us from Los Angeles, California, a regular appearing guest on Bob Branco's podcast, Sports Roundtable, Mitch Pomerantz. Mitch, welcome. Well, uh, thank you very much for, uh, for the invite, Don. It's, uh, it's an honor. And, and the subject 
the Dodgers in their series against the Diamondbacks. That team did some incredible things considering how little pitching they had to work with all season long. One of the baseball publications, online publications, had the Dodgers at 88 and 74. Um, obviously, the Dodgers did well, you know, 12 games better than that. And and, and also, uh, I forget who the, uh, the, the sports uh, talking head was, but um, later on in the season, toward the end of the season, his comment was the Dodgers basically overachieved. And, and that's really true. Um, given the pitching issues, we lost Bueller before the season started, not including the five pitchers that the Dodgers had on the 60-day injured list who didn't pitch all year. The Dodgers, the Dodgers used in a, at least one game during the season 36 pitchers. That uh, that is amazing. Now, <laughs> now Dustin May did he have no season at all, or did he have a short? Dustin season? Dustin May had uh, ten or eleven starts before he went on the uh, on the sixty day injured list. Dustin, I think, had four and one, and I think he was in ten or eleven had ten or eleven starts before he went down. And then it seems to me like it was mid July, maybe later, that Tony Gonsolin was injured and he was lost for the rest of the year. Exactly. So, you know, the reality is the Dodgers went into the, into the, uh, the postseason uh, on a wing and a prayer. I mean, Kershaw, I don't think the Dodgers were especially forthcoming uh, when, when Kershaw came back from, uh, from his month off as to exactly what the problem was. Earlier in the season, uh, they talked about a shoulder issue, shoulder fatigue. But when he came back, they were, they were pretty uh, uninformative about what was going on. And all you had to do uh, was to see that they were, they were limiting him to five, five innings a start because they didn't want to tire him out. And his velocity, which had been going down for the last two or three years anyway, was uh, even uh, more dis- decreased. So something was going on with Kershaw. Bobby Miller is going to be a superstar. Uh, he didn't show it against uh, against Arizona, but he is he is Clayton Kershaw, but ten or twelve years younger. Um, he will be a big winner for the Dodgers. He is tremendous. But to expect him in that spot to uh, to pitch five or six innings, um, you know, it was just too big a stage for him. And and after that, we had Lance Lynn, who I think set a record, uh, including what happened in the third inning of the third game. He allowed 48 home runs this season. I think that's a record, although I have a vague recollection back in the 50s, early 60s, Robin Roberts used to uh, – throw 35 to 40 home run balls a game or a year in 154 game season. But, but, uh, you know, those were the starting three we were, we were hoping would take us through, uh, the first, uh, the first series. And uh, I went into the series saying, if we pull it off, it'll have to be because of our hitting. And as has happened in the past couple of years, our hitting disappeared. Why? I don't know. It is, it is, not politically correct anymore to say an athlete choked. So what I'll say is the Dodgers were tight. 
the collars got too tight for them. Uh, Rick Monday, who uh, every year gets better and better as a as a color commentator, uh, Rick Monday on all three games talked about how the Dodgers were expanding the strike zone. They were swinging at bad pitches. They were not thinking along with the pitchers, and that's exactly what happened. It happened last year. It happened this year. Uh, it may have happened the year before. I was. Uh, I don't think I heard all of the the playoff games they were in in, in 21 because we were we were out out of the country. But uh, you know, it was it was sad. If the Dodgers were going to win, we were going to win with our hitting, and and that's how we won a lot of our uh, 100 games this year. We averaged five, something like five and a half, five and a half plus runs a game, but we allowed about four and a half runs a game, which is way, way different than uh, than past years. So the hitting, you know, we can blame the pitching and and the, and the all the all the injuries, and we do, but but it was the hitting that let us down in the uh, in the uh, Diamondback series. And you know the pitchers really didn't give the hitters much of a chance. Uh, Kershaw gave up six runs in the first inning and didn't get out of the first inning, I might add. And then Bobby Miller gave up three runs very quickly. And then Lance Lynn gave up those four home runs that you were talking about in the third inning. And with your team that far behind that early, it's very difficult. Now, my question is, Clayton Kershaw, when I first started writing my blog in 2015, I called him the best pitcher on the planet. But somehow starting in 2015, every single year he's had injury time and seemed like more and more injury time. Do you think it's time for him to do a Whitey Ford and retire? I truly was hoping that he would retire at the end of last year. I I don't I didn't really believe that he would sign a one-year contract with Texas, even though he's from the Dallas area. I, I think it's past time because all all this is doing is kind of tarnishing a brilliant reputation and a brilliant career. Uh, I think uh, I read a piece this morning. Uh, he is going to take some time. He he claims he doesn't know now what he's going to do. And he kind of said that last uh, offseason, too. He waited a while before he decided, A, that he was going to play another season, and B, that he was going to uh, sign with the Dodgers. But, you know, some pitchers, they just they just can't make it past 35 36 the exception of course uh, is, was Justin is Justin Verlander and even he's had some issues but i i would hope that uh, that Kershaw would would retire go out essentially as a winner he's won over 200 games uh, i've forgotten uh, his strikeout numbers but they're they're pretty impressive so yeah i i i hope that he does retire on the baseball lifer podcast with Mitch Pomerantz. And Mitch, last question. Going forward, we've got the Arizona Diamondbacks, the team you've been watching with Corbin Carroll and Kettle Marte and Christian Walker and and their pitchers, Merrill Kelly and Zach 50 miles to the gallon. I just wish Chris (laughs) Berman was still around. He'd come up with something better than that. But you're, you're seeing this team 
and they're going to be playing the Phillies of Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, uh, Bryce Harper, Nick Castellanos, Trey Turner. You're looking at a team that I don't think has a ton of experience in the D-backs against the Phillies who were in last year's World Series. Phillies will take it in five, at the most six. Um, the Phillies, and maybe there is something to to saying that a team shouldn't have four or five days off uh, at the end of the season, because maybe that did affect the Dodgers and their hitters, but the Phillies are hitting. Um, they scored a lot of runs against uh, the Braves, and granted, Braves had uh, Charlie Morton out, and I think Strider was out too. Um, so the Braves were coming in a little bit uh, handicapped with uh, with starting pitching, but the Phillies are hitting. The Phillies are pitching. Uh, at least they have uh, you know three pretty solid starters. I don't think their their bullpen is great, but uh, They'll win. They'll win uh, a lot of uh, eight to four, seven to five games. So uh, I, I think Arizona. What this is going to do is is give them real critical experience. Uh, and I think the Dodgers next year will have their hands full with Arizona. Remember, Arizona, in fact, led the National League West for the first uh, couple of months of this season. So. You know, it's no fluke, and Corbin Carroll is uh, is a tremendous uh, young hitter and and base dealer. So, yeah, I think this will be good for for Arizona. But I think I think the Phillies I think I think it's going to be the Phillies and Astros again. We've been talking on the Baseball Lifer podcast with Mitch Pomerantz, who can usually be heard as a guest on Bob Branco's program, Sports Roundtable, where I'm a panelist and. Mitch, along with Troy Larson earlier and Sam Carcidi, have talked with me about the upcoming playoffs and the playoffs that have finished. Mitch, thanks a lot for joining us. Well, it was uh, it was a pleasure to be with you, and uh, thanks for uh, for asking me. Back with the final roundup on the playoffs after this word from our sponsor. Keep it right where it is. I'm having such a problem at work. It's the second time this month. I've got two computers down, and I can't get my computer repair company to come to the office to fix them. I think they are too busy with other bigger companies to help us. You know, I was having the same problem until we met Cortland Computer Services in Middlesex, New Jersey. They respond to most of my calls the same day, either by accessing my computers remotely or by sending a technician to my office. Wow, that would be great. It is such a disruption when our computers are not working properly. I need someone who can see what's wrong and fix it. On our first meeting, they surveyed our network for security, identified some problem areas, and set us up with security software designed to prevent malware, ransomware, and all of the other threats that are on the internet these days. They've been helping central New Jersey businesses for 30 years, and they have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. You should contact them either on the web at courtlandcomputerservices.com or by phone at 732-356-8860. 732-356-8860, courtlandcomputerservices.com. Tell them you heard about them on the Baseball Lifer podcast and get a $100 coupon 
toward your first two hours of services. Back with you after a very special baseball lifer podcast. Normally, I'm counting my blessings when I get one guest on the program, but this time with the baseball series all ending up right when they did, I was able to get three guests. And now I'll give you a final wrap-up of the series that have happened. The Orioles were beaten by the Texas Rangers in three games to none. I wasn't able to find either an Orioles or a Rangers person to bring on the program. The Phillies took the most exciting series, three games to one. We had Sam Carcidi talking about that. The Twins were beaten three games to one by the Houston Astros. Troy Larson joined us to discuss that subject. And the Dodgers lost their series three games to none to the Arizona Diamondbacks. And Mitch Pomerantz joined us to talk about that. So coming up and going forward, starting Sunday, October 15th, Sunday is the American League playoff game one, the Astros against the Rangers. And on Monday, the National League will get underway with their championship series, the Phillies and the Diamondbacks. And the winners of those two series will go to the next World Series, which will begin on October 27th. Thanks for joining me on the program. This is Don Wardlow for the Baseball Lifer Podcast. Have a good week. (laughs) 